today on what is beginning finally to look like winter. We celebrate two very magnificent and wonderful saints, famous saints, Saint Stylianos and Saint Nikon. And it seems like this Sunday happens to fall always right after Thanksgiving. And we hear during November leading up to Christmas, all of November, we hear these Gospels. The rich man and Lazarus, the, rich, the, the foolish rich man who tears down his bards, barns and builds, big, builds bigger ones. The good Samaritan, the Levite and the Samaritan, the Levite and the man who, the Levite who passed the man that was beaten on the side of the road, and the lowly Samaritan that was there to help. And today, another gospel reading, a story told by Jesus that relates to us salvation, but also a bit of a rich and poor kind of theme. Although it's not so much about being rich and poor, it's about judgment, the judgment of God on his people. Sometimes, it's interesting if you think, if you read about Byzantium, and even after Byzantium during Turkish occupation, they say when you go into a church, in, in, in the Greek Orthodox Church, these churches could be 500 years old, 1,000 years old, 1,500 years old. And they say you can tell what the state of the world was when the church was built. And you would think that would mean that if it was a good time, the church would be big and built well and, and kind of look beautiful. But that's not how it was. The way you can tell when you go to Greece or, or Turkey or Jerusalem, the state of the, the world when the church was built is by looking up at Christ, at the Pantocrator. When, tough, when times were tough, the Pantocrator would take on a much more soft, the iconographer would make him be more loving to encourage the people to say, I know times are tough, but hang in there. And when times were really good, and you know how we are as human beings, in good times we get a little bit lost. The Pantocrator would be a little bit more stern. Christ would be a little bit more stern to remind people, stay grounded. There's a story of a rich man that goes to Mount Athos and he has everything. He has anything that anybody in the world could want and he can afford it. But something was missing and he went to Mount Athos and he told the monks, he said, you know, I have every earthly blessing and now I think it's time that I start to think about Something else. I'd like to get some spiritual blessings finally. And the abbot took his glass, the, the visitor's glass. The visitor was dressed in a really nice suit, custom. And the abbot started to pour water from the pitcher into the man's cup. And the cup filled to the top and it started to overflow and it spilled all over the man's pants. And the man said, what, what's going on? You're spilling the water. And the abbot said, the glass is like you. There's no room for anything else in your life. Your life is full. You're not going to allow anything else to happen into your life. You are full and you are not capable of taking anything else on in your life. And that's kind of what this gospel is about today. The man, the ruler who was very rich asked Christ, how, do I, how can I be saved? Christ said, you know the commandments. The man said... 
Don't steal, don't commit murder, don't commit adultery. Honor your mother and father. And he said, I do all of those things already. But Christ knew the man's heart and he knew where the man was stuck. All of us are stuck somewhere. All of us are overly attached to something. The church calls us to not love anything or anyone more than God. This is not easy. You can see if you're honest with, yourself, with ourselves, if we're honest with ourselves, you just keep track of how much time you spend doing things. How much time you spend thinking about things or people. How much time we spend shopping or working or whatever it is. And how that matches up to how much time we spend in church or praying or thinking about God. You see, the sim on the surface, today's gospel is pretty simple. It's that you all know what we need, we know what we have, and we know that on the surface, we have a responsibility to share some of the things we have. We live in one of the greatest countries in the world. It's interesting that probably when our grandparents were being raised, they identified with the poor people in these stories. How interesting that none of us can identify with the poor people in these stories. Even the poorest of us cannot identify with the poor people in these stories. It is likely that we have more than we need. We have greater security, greater prosperity. We have more wealth. And even if we don't have the bank accounts of some of the rich people in the stories, we still have more than we probably need. And so the deeper meaning today is to find Christ in those who are in need, to spend less time on the things that we are attached to, and to add to spend more time with Christ. It is not an accident that these stories come up every week leading up to Christmas. It's probably one of the reasons that for so long we feel a, a bit more generous around Christmas. People want to donate. People want to help. And the key is trying to extend this feeling of generosity and charity and love and compassion past Christmas and to make it part of our everyday life. We pray that we can see Christ in one another. We pray that we can spend most of our time being attached to Christ and that we never, ever end up like the people in the stories that Christ uses as example of poverty. For poverty is miserable, it's not easy, it's hard, and it's not something that we wish any of us will ever experience. But having said that, we hope also that we keep that in mind so that we can help others rise up above the situations that they're in.